The first reading this morning is taken from St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, and beginning to read at verse 7. And this can be found on page 971 in the Church Bibles. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And the second reading is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, and beginning to read at verse 4, and this is on page 1181. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great, thank you, Peter. Good morning, everyone. If you're a visitor or, or haven't been at St Paul's for a while, I'm Tom. I'm the new vicar, not so new now. I've been here three and a half months. And uh, it's great to have you here. And congratulations from me as well to little Lennox, who is fast asleep. Um, hopefully the rest of the congregation won't be, though, <laughs> during this sermon. So, we're, as we've already said, uh, we're looking at the subject of prayer uh, for six of the next seven weeks. It's part of what uh, we're calling the prayer course. Um, and last week we started, if you like, with the right starting point for prayer. Praising God, remembering who he is, focusing on him so our faith and our spirits are lifted and we can pray boldly in response. And today we're looking at praying for ourselves, which really is the simplest form of prayer, by which I mean it's the form of prayer that we find ourselves most readily doing. We have problems, we have things we want help with, and we pray to God and ask him to help. So, we call it petition. Uh, that was actually uh, the word used in that second passage we heard read. Don't worry, it's got nothing to do with collecting signatures. You don't need to do that to ask God to help you. 
Um, But what we are going to look at today is just some reasons why we would choose to pray, to bring those situations that are causing us anxiety or difficulty, or maybe it's just great opportunities that we want to give to God and ask him to work through them. Why would we do that? And then the second thing I want to talk about is how do we do it? I'm going to share three tips on praying for ourselves and I hope they will be helpful to you all. So that's where we're heading. I just want to pray now that God would use this time to really encourage all of us, every one of us, to pray and to pray regularly. So let's invite him to do that now. Father, thank you that you long to hear from us. You long to talk to us. You love to be in relationship with us and that you care deeply about every single thing in our lives. Would you encourage every one of us now to turn to you, to bring to you all of the possibilities, all of the difficulties, all of the anxieties, all of the celebrations, indeed everything that is going on in our lives. And Lord, would you in power work in those situations and bring blessing and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I thought I'd start with um, a story of an answer to prayer in my own life. Would you like that? Yeah? Okay, so I want you to imagine, uh, ten years ago, I obviously look very similar to how I look now, and uh, I was in Africa, and uh, I was helping to run a conference for ministers in Uganda, And uh, so me and uh, one of our tutors at the college I was training at and uh, about seven other students, we went off to Uganda for a few weeks to run this conference. Now, the conference was running during the week. Um, It came to Sunday and uh, we were all sent off to different village churches and people flocked from far and wide to come and listen to us and meet us. Um, But when it came to Sunday afternoon, it was our time off. And we were staying just on the edge of this little village up in the north of Uganda. And uh, as you know, I'm quite a football fan. And um, I'd happened to see a sign in the centre of the village saying, Live Premier League football, Sunday, and I think it was at five o'clock Uganda time, uh, here. So I'd noted that. I thought, well, that's good, isn't it? You know, I come all the way to Uganda and I can still go and watch the match, which, as it happens, was Chelsea against Arsenal in London. So um, I... Thought, right, I'm going to take myself off to watch this match. I walked out of our hostel into the bright sunshine and made my way to the, way to the village centre. I looked for where this uh, football could ha- be happening. I found it in a hut uh, just sort of behind the centre of the village. I walked into this room, uh, found 150 teenage Ugandan boys and me. <laughs> They rather nicely and unnecessarily got a special chair out for me to sit in in the middle of them. The match began and I soon discovered that teenagers in Uganda feel even more strongly about English football than even the supporters in London would have done at the ground. Anyway, the match went on. It was very exciting. Half of the the boys were supporting one team. The other half were supporting the others. They were baying at each other, making fun of each other. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Um, The match finished and uh, half went off miserably home, the other half uh, went out rejoicing. Um, I followed them, but one thing that had changed in the circumstances during this game was that it was now dark. 
because, of course, Uganda is very close to the equator. It may have been the summer, but by 7 o'clock local time, it is most certainly dark. And uh, about a few seconds after realising this, um, and the fact that I didn't have a torch with me, um, I'd noticed that all of the other people had disappeared. They, it seems, could see in the dark. They'd made their way off to their homes, and there was me in the centre of the village with no streetlights, no buildings having any lights on, completely unable to see. The first thing that happened was I walked into a ditch. I remember walking into a wall, and uh, I had to do what was probably a 15-minute journey, completely blind, not even knowing which road to go on. And uh, this was me for the next half an hour, sort of walking down this road, stumbling into people, not being able to see which way I was going. I went up to various random houses, thinking it was my hostel, knocked on the door, it wasn't the right place. Um, And this went on for half an hour. I was getting increasingly distressed. I didn't have a mobile phone. I couldn't see anything. I realised I was in serious trouble. And I'll never forget what happened. I did the only thing that I could do. I got on my knees... And I prayed, God, please help me. And it was truly remarkable. I got up again, and within, I think it must have been two or three seconds, I suddenly heard a voice say, Tom. And I looked ahead, and there was a lady walking towards me. And she shone the torch in my face, and I realised as I saw her, it was the cook at the guest house where we were staying who only worked Monday to Friday, but she just happened to have left something there that she needed. And she was making her way back to the guest house at exactly that time. And I just thanked God and made a vow that I would never, ever forget that when we ask God for help, he hears us and he can answer that prayer in the most remarkable ways. In fact, he'd started answering it before I'd even asked him. Now I tell you that to give you a more dramatic example of answers to prayer in my life. There are many more mundane ones. Only this week one of Clara's shoes went missing and uh, I was the last one to take the shoes off and uh, (laughs) I got a phone call saying, Tom, where is Clara's shoe? (laughs) I thought, I don't know, but none of the other shoes fit her. Anyway, I prayed, uh, some temporary shoes were given her, but I prayed as I was out, God, where is that shoe? Please just guide me. And when I came home, God put uh, a possible location in my mind where it could have ended up, and I went to look for it, and there it was. And that was just an example, to be honest, of what's fairly routine in my life. Not that I lose things all the time, but when I do... I don't know about you, but I pray, God, would you help me? Lead me to it. And time and time again, he does. But I pray about lots of other things as well. Sometimes it's things like that. Sometimes it's problems. Sometimes it's I want to be given the words to say in a particular conversation. Sometimes it's that I want God to encourage me in my faith that day. Sometimes it's that I want to see a way through a problem. And time and time again, he does it. But I need to say to you that I believe that that is a level of intervention and a level of care that God actually wants to bring in all of our lives. Prayer works. It works for the mundane things and it works for the dramatic things. And I think if I was to ask everyone in this room whether you have ever had an answer to prayer that's been significant in your life. In fact, why don't I ask you? Put your hand up if you've ever had an answer to prayer that you are sure was God working. 
Look at that. That's at least half the people in the room, if not more. And I think what that illustrates is that God doesn't just answer prayers in here, in our thought life, maybe in our feelings. He actually answers prayers out there, in real physical situations, in real, with real people, in real difficulty. God loves to answer prayers. Now, is that a surprise? Does it surprise you? Perhaps it shouldn't, because after all, um, it's a miracle itself, isn't it, that the church is here at all. Just think about where we left the Easter story just a few weeks ago, where we had the frightened disciples huddled away in a room in Jerusalem. And yet just 30 or 40 years later, they had taken that message of Jesus across the whole of Eastern and Central Europe, the whole of North and East Africa, and even as far as India. And today, we are part of hundreds of millions of people meeting in churches all over the world who have come to know Jesus and who would say that he is alive and I know he's alive because he has intervened in my life time and time again. And it's also, of course, what Jesus said would happen. We heard that passage, didn't we, from Matthew 7. And Jesus said this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And the explanation he gave was this, pointing to the character of God. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God answers prayers because he's our heavenly Father who loves us. That's what Jesus is saying, as he said in so many other occasions as well. The creator of the universe is a kind, patient, generous dad. So we pray because our heavenly father loves us, because he cares for us, because it works sometimes spectacularly. Not always in the way that we hope and expect, and in two weeks' time we'll talk about those times when prayers aren't answered or aren't answered quite in the way that we hope. But he changes situations and he changes us as well. And I want to suggest he always changes us for the better. And the other passage we heard read picked up on that, didn't it? As indeed do several well-known scientific studies actually, finding a correlation sometimes between prayer and circumstances And very, very often a correlation between Christian faith, people who pray, and contentment and mental well-being. And it's easy to see why from those four wonderful verses we heard read. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, which means the Lord is listening. He knows what's happening and he cares And then it said this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So my question to us all this morning, 
now is this. Do you know that peace? Do you know that peace that goes beyond what we could ordinarily expect? That we cannot explain apart from attributing it to God. That comes to those who give everything over to him. Knowing that he loves us. That he cares for us. And that we can trust him with those things. And that he will never let us down. Jesus said very famously, you must come to me as little children. What did he mean? He means just as a little child turns to their mummy and daddy and knows that they will care for them. So when we turn to Jesus, knowing that he is in control and loves us, he will care for us and we can find peace and safety in him. So, that's why we can pray. That's why we choose to pray. That's why it's so good for us to pray. Let me finish then with three tips on how we pray if we want to see our prayers answered and our lives transformed. So the first of them is this. Keep it simple and keep it real. Keep it simple and keep it real. Which on one level means you don't have to impress God with great long prayers involving great long theological words and lengthy explanations for why you think he should give you what you're asking for, which is probably a relief to you and is probably a relief to God as well. For Jesus certainly made this point on many occasions and in the chapter before, the one we heard from Matthew 7, he said this, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. Pagans just meant the non-Jewish people at that time. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need even before you ask him. God knows everything. And what does that mean for us then? It means we can pray briefly and simply. We don't need to pretend that we're something different to what we are. We don't have to be experienced in praying before. We don't need to know our Bible inside out. We don't need to have spent our whole life attending church. And we don't need to use long words or long sentences. And even if we don't know what to pray for, We can just pray help. And the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit, who helps us in our weakness, will pray for us. That's all we need to do. Any of us can do it. We simply need to say, God, help me. And the God who knows exactly the situation we're in will hear that prayer and will delight to respond to it and help us in the situation we're in. Now, what we do need to do is be honest. We do need to say what we're asking for. We do need to accept that we won't always have completely pure motives, and God can cope with that. But what that does mean as well is just as with children and their parents, sometimes God will say no. Sometimes he will know better, just as when Clara asked me for numerous sweets and chocolates and biscuits, I don't actually give them to her every time, contrary to what some of you might think. And the reason is because that's not going to be for her good. My mother once conducted an experiment, actually, when I was two, and uh, she took me to mums and toddlers and decided for one week only to let me have however many biscuits I wanted. Um, She stopped counting at 11, (laughs) 
And uh, she learnt her lesson never ever to give me the freedom of the biscuit tin again. And uh, neither will Clara, at least not until she's at university and pays for her own biscuit tin. There we go. Parents have the big picture, don't they? Sometimes they know that they need certain things to happen to their children that they don't want. Jabs, for example. And sometimes they know they must keep things from their children that they want. Biscuits. In both cases, they know best, and God knows best for us. The decision we need to make if we want answered prayers in our lives is are we willing to trust him with that? And are we going to seek to understand his perspective, his will, his priorities, and then seek to make them our own? Because ultimately, that's the way we see our prayers answered. We choose to pray for the things that God wants us to pray for. And the way we do that is by asking him and finding out what he has already revealed to us through the words of the Bible. So that's my second tip then. It's not just to pray simply and to be honest and real. It's actually to pray in such a way that what God has revealed to us through his word increasingly shapes how we pray. What does that mean? Well, it means that we simply try to find out more. Now, maybe you're in a situation, some people will today, uh, where you're really not quite sure who God is, even if he's real, who Jesus is, why Jesus came to this earth, why he died, why he rose again, and what it means to follow him. If you want answered prayers in your life, I'd encourage you to find out more. And that baptism course on Thursday, fantastic opportunity to do that. By the end of that course, everyone coming to that will have a good understanding of who Jesus is, why he came, what he calls us to, and what he wants to do in our lives. So we seek to find out those things, but it's the same principle however long we've been a Christian, however long we've been praying regularly. Because what we need to do is just more and more try and understand the heart of God, try and understand what God is wanting to do in our lives and in the lives of others. And we seek to align ourselves with what he is wanting to do. And when we do that, our prayers are answered. Jesus said very famously in one place, seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, seek what I'm seeking to do in building my kingdom, bringing people into that kingdom to follow me. Seek that first, and then everything else that you need I will give to you. That's the order of priority. And it's the same thing, actually, in the Lord's Prayer. We prayed that a little bit earlier, didn't we? And last week, as we looked at adoration, we really prayed the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's all about praising God. What's the rest of the Lord's Prayer that follows then? Well, the next bits are what we're talking about today. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then, and only then, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I don't know whether you have daily bread, do you? Does anyone go and get bread on a daily basis? I started getting quite keen on it since I discovered that uh, if you go and buy some bread at Waitrose, you get a a free coffee. Has anyone else learnt that? And, And actually, if I buy some bread and one other thing... I can get a free copy of the Times as well. Did you, did you know that? It's brilliant, isn't it? So uh, my daily bread is now becoming a big thing for me. But uh, 
Actually, what it meant in those days, of course, bread represented everything that we need and indeed perhaps everything that we desire as well. And so the Lord's Prayer is saying, first of all, pray for his kingdom to come. Allow that priority to shape your desires and your needs and then ask that he would meet all your existing needs on a daily basis. That's the priority and that's the order of things. Put God's will first and then ask him to make your will his will. That you would follow him rather than him following you. And that, I believe, is how we can see answered prayers in our lives time and time again. Make his priorities our priorities. Ask him to prompt you what to pray for. And when you do that, I believe you will see remarkable answers to prayer in your lives and things that will surprise you sometimes and will delight you at other times. And that is the way that we can have that peace that transcends all understanding. And that's the way we can truly have an enormous impact on those around us. Leave a legacy as someone who drew people to God and blessed them as God worked through them. So I've got one final tip then uh, as we seek to pray for ourselves. And it's this. Pray specifically Because actually, we can be quite vague in our prayers, can't we? I don't know about you, but it's very easy to pray, Lord, please bless me today. Or we might pray that for our children or our grandchildren. Lord, please bless them. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do wonder whether sometimes God is just saying, but what do you actually want me to do? And Jesus very famously asked exactly that question. Um, There was a chap who was blind called Bartimaeus. Some of you might have heard of him. Jesus was coming out of Jericho with his disciples and this man, Bartimaeus, was begging at the side of the street. And uh, everyone there knew who Bartimaeus was. But as Jesus passed him and Bartimaeus was shouting out, uh, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus made a point of saying, What do you want me to do for you? Why does he do that? He already knew. Why does he do it? Because when we ask for something in prayer, we notice the consequences of that prayer. If God just gave us everything we needed, we could easily go through life not realising he's involved at all. But if we ask him for it, it builds our faith. We see things happening that we know wouldn't otherwise have happened. And so many times, in fact, there is a pattern. There are just too many coincidences. We can see the hand of God. We can see that when we pray, stuff happens. And it feels great. Not because we're going around thinking, I'm the luckiest man or woman alive. But because there's nothing more exciting and joyful the knowing that there's a God who loves us, who listens to us, who speaks to us, and who intervenes in our lives for good, time and time again. And what does that mean practically? Well, take that example of praying for our children or our grandchildren. Rather than just praying that God would bless them, maybe we might want to pray more specifically that they'd make better friends at school that they'd achieve something today that boosts their confidence, that God would encourage them today in their faith, or that he would speak to them about a situation that they're anxious about or worried about. 
And the same principle applies for ourselves. When we're feeling anxious or just out of control or helpless or low, ask God to help you to pray specifically. Ask him just to point you in what to pray for. And there's a wonderful passage in the Old Testament, Psalm 139, where at the end of it, it says, Search me, O God, and know my anxious thoughts, and lead me in the way everlasting. What it's saying is whenever we sense that things are not quite right, whenever we feel anxious, whenever we feel out of control, whenever we feel things are not quite quite what they could be, God, please show me the problem. Please show me what I'm anxious about. Please show me anything I'm doing wrong. Please show me the way through it. Please give me wisdom. Please show me what I could do to turn it around. Please intervene. Please lift this burden. Please give me peace. Please give me perspective. And please use me to bring blessing to others in that situation. And what does God do? He does it. He loves to do it. It delights him to do it. And the thing is, it delights us as well. Let me finish with this. We could go through our lives alone. We could go through our lives facing difficulty here, there, fairly regularly through our lives. We could go through our lives having lots of wonderful opportunities that we don't quite manage to take. It's what happens. Life alone is quite difficult. It's hard. But what we can choose to do is to go through this life with God where he reveals the steps that we walk on and where he promises to walk with us on it. How does it feel to know that every day you've offered that day to God, you've asked him to take control, You're listening for anything that he prompts you to do. You know that he's given you a peace that you otherwise didn't have. And at the end of the day, regularly, you can look back and think, that went differently because I prayed to God. How does that feel? It feels great. It's what we were designed to do. We're not designed to be alone. We're designed to enjoy God as a child, to feel safe with God. We're designed to give all our burdens to God. And we're designed to reflect to others the reality of his presence and his love in our lives. So, I want to finish with an opportunity for us all now. Some of us may pray every day, maybe multiple times. Others of us may not have prayed for quite a long time. But what I want us all to have the opportunity to do now is to write a prayer. It can just be one word. It could even be a picture. It's private. It's between you and God. If you look on the inside uh, middle aisle, each chair on the inside, there's a little pile of pens and a little pile of bits of paper. I wonder whether... Whoever is there, if you're able to, you could just pass those along your row. There's a few pens there. Perhaps um, someone more able-bodied can help if necessary. Let's pass those along. I want to invite the band also to come up. Um, They're going to play behind what we're doing.
So they're making their way around the church. There's a lot of us here. So if you haven't got a pen and paper and you'd like one, just do put your hand up and one of the stewards will seek to get one to you. So this is what we're going to do then, okay? I'm going to encourage us just to have a moment of silence now in which we just invite God to prompt us what to pray for. And then what's going to happen is this. During that time of silence, I'm going to put some baskets here just at the front. And when you're ready, I'll just invite everyone who would like to just to come and screw up that bit of paper. No one's going to look at it. We'll get rid of them afterwards. And just place it in one of those baskets. And what are you doing by doing that? You are offering something to God. It could be a problem. It could be an anxiety. It could be an opportunity. Or it could be simply you want to pray that God would give you that longing to pray again. So, let's take a moment of silence now just to invite God to prompt us and then scribble away and come up and place them here. So let's pray. Father, would you prompt us now in what to ask you for? And Father, whatever that is, Would you delight in hearing that prayer? Would you delight in answering that prayer? And would you delight in taking that prayer and making it the beginning of a new journey of talking to you, of walking with you, and of knowing your peace and your intervention in our lives? Thank you, Father. Amen.